Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Podcast. My name's Matt. And I'm Paul. On this episode, episode 78, we've got a big one for you. Yes, we have gone back, back to the cinema. And we will be reviewing, from the Book of Saw, Spiral. Also, in our Summit to Screen About, we are covering In Search of Darkness documentary, years 82 to 83. Not only that, we have got... Our movie from the vault, which Paul picked from last episode, which was Terror Train. <laughs> Thomas, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Terror Train. <laughs> what devil are you, old son? Oh, mate, it's been a... Uh, so it, I saw you yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been busy, mate. Got literally booking shit up. Um, we've got Conjuring to watch next week. Oh, spoilers for next episodes. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're impromptu after saying that we do Fried Barry and then watching Fried Barry, um, and then thinking, hmm, this would be an interesting conversation <laughs> about the movie and then think, oh, hang on, we can go to the cinema and spirals out. Let's do that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, we had to, we had to, we couldn't just not go back on the first day opening. Had to be done, mate. It's been too long, what, like 15 or 16 months since we've been. Yeah, man. And uh, just lovely to walk in that foyer and smell the the popcorn and the stale Coca-Cola on the floor. And lick some handles to get COVID. <laughs> or not. <laughs> just man, we have both had our first vaccinations as well. So your favourite podcast will be lasting a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Shame. Sorry, guys. We're, we're not going to we're not going to get COVID. Well, you know. It's possible, but I feel like a fucking I feel like a fucking inhuman. So it's all good. <laughs> you are inhuman. Um, what, what the what the fuck have you been up to all week? Come well, on, I want to, I want I want all the goss. What you've been watching? Give me it all over my face, hands and chest. To start with, um, Jupiter's Legacy is is out, and I've smashed through that. Oh my god, I haven't even started. Oh my god, I got through that one in one night. What? Yeah. How many episodes? Um, eight. And how long are they? 45 minutes. Fuck yeah, now. Fair play. Mate, it was worth it. It was fucking great. I mean, I love the comics and, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's no Invincible. After watching Invincible, that's probably the best thing I've ever seen, ever seen this year. But, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's absolutely fucking awesome. And it's got, and it's, it's brutal, but it's got heart story. It's a bit cheesy. The uniforms are a bit cheesy. Being a fan of the, obviously the graphic novels, how closely do they follow, follow that being, because I've not read them. So I'd like to hear your opinion on that, to be fair. Um, well, it's, it's interesting because they explore, there's a, there's a definite difference. And a definite alignment as well. Um, but I think they needed to tweak the, co- um, the comic because the comic is very, very stoic. 
Um, and I think that they needed to bring a bit of lightness to it, which they didn't too much, but it, it is more there and it centers around, I think they've, they feel, they sort of broadened the story as I, I suppose I can say it. Like season one, they sort of lengthened because there's only two graphic novels. So they've lengthened the story and the okay. amount of time to get there, especially with the, with the story of the sun. The sun's so much different. I would say that's the biggest difference for me at the moment is the the the, di- the difference in the actual sun, um, and there's sort of more of a legacy. You can sort of see the legacy, and they sort of concentrate on that. And they do it. They do a simu- like a simultaneous story between the present and the in the the era when they became superheroes. So they're almost like jumping into Jupiter's legacy and Jupiter's circle almost simultane- simultaneously, which is, I think, is the way that they're going to do it. And I think it worked really well. I like the fight, some of the fighty, punchy scenes. I thought they were great. Some of the gore was fantastic. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, but again, cool. it's maybe not as gory as we've seen. Oh, no, that fucking... Oh, wow. There's a super punch moment, which is quite interesting. But, yeah, you can see... And I think the biggest difference is the motivation for usurping... Um, the main character, which uh, we haven't seen yet in this season. So it's good. It's really, really interesting. And jo- Josh Dumel is very, very good. And there's some cool. very good acting in it. So, yeah, what there's that. Love, Death and Robots. Eight episodes. Disappointing. I, I have done four episodes. First three. I wasn't impressed, mate. I, I mean... I don't know, maybe it's because it had a lot to kind of stand up to with the last season. But there's a couple of good ones that I've seen so far. Obviously, I've not seen it all, but I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't blown away by some of the I, I wasn't either. I, I was blown away by some of the, the artistry again and the imagery and some of the questions. But for some reason, it felt a little bit rushed. And maybe that's due to COVID um, and, and, and sort of the timescales that have coming out. Maybe they've halved it. I know that it looks like they're going to bring... So there's and, only eight episodes. On yeah, and it, oh, really? it was like 19 or something in the first. Yeah, loads, no. wasn't it? And I think it is, and I, and I was really disappointed. And I was going down, and I was like, I was ready to, you know, drop the hammer, as it were. And um, and then I sort of read it and I understood, yeah, of course, they're good. They're, it looks like they're delivering another one next year. We've had, remember, this has been like two years, I think. It was, yeah. It's animation. Animation takes while. Yeah, it takes fucking time, doesn't it? So they are doing one next year. So maybe they've got some in the bank. Maybe they're sort of splitting up the, the volume two into kind of two sections. But I don't know. For me, I needed more. I needed more time. I needed more time of it. I don't know why the first one appealed so much. Maybe they were just better stories. I don't know. Possibly. But- Possibly. Or maybe you just know what to expect in some things. Um, there are quite a lot of them are futuristic. Um, obviously, always. But, but yeah, I, yeah, I think it's just the expectations were very high. But ne- yeah. you never know. It might, like you said, next season might be a lot better. We shall see. We shall see. But other than that, I've watched. Uh, I rewatched Heather's because that's oh, a classic, classic movie. Loved it. I would watch Highlander. I haven't watched Highlander in oh, really? years. <laughs> Such a good movie. I'll, I'll tell you what I watched in a minute. But carry on. And then obviously we we I watched uh, the lovely fried Barry, mm. which I made you watch as well. <laughs> Very interesting, that was. Um, yeah. It says yeah. horror, comedy, sci-fi, and yet I fail. I mean, it was 
it was fucking weird and trippy and dark and twisted and very indie, very indie related. But I'm, and like, I'm sort of reminding me a little bit of Bad Biology in some respects, that dodgy fucking movie where like she has like a baby every time she has sex. You remember that movie you and yeah, yeah. watching? But I'm just like, hmm. At the end of it, I was like, I kind of liked it. It was fucking weird and batshit and I'm confused and scratched my head and I thought, Matt is going to fucking hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate it. It's not, it's not my sort of movie. Um, yeah, you're right. It is very arty. I mean, it's shot so well and obviously it is super low budget, but I just, yeah, it's, it's just too much for me, man. It's just like, it just went, there were some scenes that just went on a bit too long for me. Um, and there's just some things I just didn't get in it. Like, and I don't want to go into spoilers because people might want to watch it, but there's just certain things is that, that I can't get around my head. Is how does this guy who's just an awful guy, like, manage to get all these women? He's got an alien inside him. What, what, does that have something to do with the women fancying him? Because did I miss something here? That, 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 did he, like, I don't know, give off some kind of pheromones or something? <laughs> To, to, to like, because these women just all wanted to have sex with him. I just couldn't get it. Yeah. Maybe they should have put that in there or something, maybe. It just would have made a bit more sense to me. But it's just trippy as fuck. I can imagine if you, like, yeah, literally if you did mushrooms or dropped acid or something and watched it, it would fuck you up. I thought it was going to be more hobo with a shotgun. But mm. it was it was definitely weird and fucked up. And it's South African and that sort of, like, I don't know, it really appeals to me for some reason as well. So, I don't know. Go and watch it. See what you think. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a weird one. It's an experience. I'd say it was an experience, definitely. But yes, yeah, I think um, that's all we can talk about in that one. Which is, <laughs> what about you? What have you been up to? What have you been watching? Oh, mate, I've uh, been watching a few things actually. First of all, talking about classic movies like Highlander that you checked out the other day. Really funny. I was just like literally. On as you do on Netflix, can't find really anything I want to watch. Skip over to like Amazon Prime, procrastinating like an idiot for like 20 minutes, and I was just like, I just don't know what to watch. So I switched over to terrestrial TV, and I happened to catch the start of Krull, and I was Krull. like, Krull started. I'm just gonna watch it. So I ended up watching Krull. Amazing. And, and it's so funny because it's got. I forgot, it's got Mark from EastEnders. You know Mark Fowler that does the old film? Yeah. He's in it. Really young, obviously. Liam Neeson's in it. Mm, I forgot that. Like, he's like this like typical Irish kind of hunter guy. And he's not like a main part in it, but he's just like a, one of the guys in it. But it's got absolutely loads of people. And I just forgot how, how quality it is. I mean, it's, some, it's ropey as hell in some places. But story-wise, it's fucking bang on. And I was just like, oh, you know what? I tweeted this as well. I was like, does anybody ever want to see a remake of Krull? Because I said, I said, I'd love like Denny Villeneuve to do it. You know, Denny Villeneuve that's done like Blade Runner 2 and stuff like yeah. that. And I was like, can you imagine if he'd done it in this world and stuff? And then literally next day I just Googled it. And then it came up that his name was attached with a, a, a possible remake. And I was like, fucking how weird is that? Fucking psychic. Yeah, and that was great walking down memory lane watching that because there's so much cool stuff that could be put in a movie nowadays. Um, I managed to catch Love and Monsters. Huh? Love, Love, Death and Robots. No, you... Love and Monsters. Oh, Love and Monsters. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Did you watch that with the whole family? No, 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 I didn't. I I watched it at work, to be honest, uh, on my break, um, but loved it. 
thought it was fantastic. Really nice little film, isn't it? It's just like yeah. real like kind of adventure movie with really cool monsters, good storyline, funny, and always obviously always makes the film twenty percent better by having the old rooker in there. Oh fucking yeah. yeah. <laughs> so cool. But yeah, yeah I love that. It's great seeing one of the uh one of the sand girls from um Game of Thrones in there as well. Yeah. Met her in real life. Very nice she was. Um yeah, so I watched that. That was great. And not only that, um I managed to catch the new let's say reimagine reimagining of wrong turn. So I watched oh, that. Oh you watched it, did you? Yes, I did it watch it. Worth a watch? Worth a watch, however, don't expect the norm. Um, it, it's a reimagining of the story. So they've just taken kind of the idea of people living in the woods and they've ch- kind of changed it a bit. So it's uh, interesting. I mean, Matthew Modine's in it. It's quite cool. Um, I want to say, without giving out spoilers, he's a bit pathetic. But... It's it's interesting, but there's a lot of plot holes. So give it a watch because it's worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. But yeah, there's uh, there's lots of uh, things I had to I would grumble about being yeah being a fan of the first one, not really the others that much. But hey, you know, it was worth a watch. So I watched that as well. So Wicked. that's what I've been up to with watching wise. Matt, Matt's been busy. We like it. it makes a change, doesn't it? I've actually <laughs> sat my ass down and watched some stuff. <laughs> well, in that case, like, why don't you hit us all with some fucking news, mate? That's about this. That's about the time. You you can start. I know there's a, there's a. We are in a lovely little world at the moment where things are opening up, things are getting made again. Yeah. Especially um, in the horror scene, it's oh, like literally gotcha. it's kicked off. So I'm just gonna start off with a bit of sad news. Um, don't know if you saw in the news. Um, Charles Grodin. Um, died the other day. He he has been in. Well, he was in Rosemary's Baby. Funnily enough, that we just covered a couple of episodes ago. Um, and he's plays the doctor that she goes to, the young doctor, the right. double crosser. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. Sure. Um, and he was in the 1978 version of King Kong. And also, you probably know him best for the dad from uh, Dad out of Beethoven. <laughs> but yeah, sad that he died of cancer, age 86. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sad times, mate. Sad times. We'll get, let's do one for one. So you, you give me a bit of news off your list. So we don't clutch. Right. Sci-fi channel are fucking smashing it. Although, are they? We'll see. <laughs> they, they're bringing us a Day of the Dead television series. Mm. It's set for premiere this fall. Um, and it's got a 10 episodes, 10 episode run. How well. do you feel about this? Well, it's, it's, it's Day of the Dead. It's like your favourite, isn't it? Out of all the deads. No. No, de- de- you prefer Dawn. I, lo- I love it, but Dawn, Dawn's the, the, my favourite. Well, it's from Stephen Kostanksky. Kostanksky. Kostanksky, who did The Void, Leprechaun's Turns, and most recently, recently Psycho Gorman, which is fucking apps. Well, that... Oh, yeah. I, oh, you've watched it, have you? No, it's, it dropped today. Yeah, I know, it's on Shadow, yeah. So I am going to find some time... Over the next couple of days, because I can I can see a T-shirt winging my way, because I think it looks fucking sick, man. <laughs> um, but he's directing four episodes. Oh, um, that sounds good. I don't know. 
It's a story so, of six, six strangers trying to survive the first 24 hours of the undead invasion, which is not the original story. Well, that's what I thought. I thought, is this a make, remake of the actual movie, but told as a TV show? So is it different? It's an ode to George A. Romero. That's what it okay. says. But okay. I don't know. They do so much zombie stuff at the moment. I'm just like, <laughs> please be some kind of, have some kind of originality, but also play homage to, if you're going to call yourself Dare the Dead, you know, remember what the fucking movie was about. So, mm. we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to be annoyed. I really <laughs> time will tell. Hopefully it's got the budget as well. We'll see. Anyway, what about you? So, um, I've got a little bit of news. Uh, so, there's a movie uh, going to be made soon by Regina King is going to be directing it. And it's from a graphic novel that I've never even heard about called Bitterroot. Um, it looks really interesting. Um, and I like her style. I mean, she's amazing and obviously Watchmen. And then she obviously directed that new movie, One Night in Miami, which I watched the other day, which was fantastic. And now she's directing this, apparently. And it's a, it's a graphic novel. Um, it's set about a family um, of uh, kind of, I don't want to say superheroes, they're, they're, they're not superheroes, they're more like monster hunters. Yeah, okay. Um, and it's set um, kind of in olden times. But I think that it, it kind of like is an up-to-date kind of thing. They've got like weapons and stuff like that. And um, and these monsters are taking over New York. But there's not a lot of information about it yet. It's very like low-key. But I did order the graphic novel because I read up on it and it looks really, really cool. So I thought, I haven't ordered a graphic novel for ages, so I just thought, fuck it, I just ordered it um, to give it a punt and see what it's like. So I think there's only three volumes in it. But I thought that's really interesting because she's obviously been attached to it. Um, obviously, it's early days, so anything could happen. But yeah, that should be wow. really interesting. I'm looking I, loved, what, I, loved, what, I loved her in Watchmen, so I will fucking definitely check this out. Mm. That looks cool. What about you? What you got? So yeah. Next bit is fucking exciting for me. Anyway, well, nothing for you. Joe Cornish and John Boyega are officially reuniting for a Attack the Block sequel. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> How long ago? What, 10 years ago? That came out? Oh, mate. I, now you're asking. It's definitely a decade. I think it's 10 years, mate. 10 years? Yeah, 10 years, mate. That does not feel right. It's got to be longer than that. That is spot on. Exactly ten years. Exact <laughs> ten years. Two two thousand and eleven. Did That's I get the math right? Yeah. Had to be. Had to be. <laughs> well, I'm excited, mate. Ten years in the fucking making. John Boyega's had a career a proper career um in the meantime. Um let's fucking have it. I'm up for it. I, I'm really interested to see what's gonna be happen. It's really funny actually, because I was um when it was announced that somebody posted a clip on Twitter of an interview for, I think it might have been Empire Magazine or something like that, or, or a film show. And it's all the cut, like the young kids from Attack the Block with John Boyega there. And the question's asked is, how, um, what would you feel like about doing a sequel to the movie? And then they all start talking about what they would, what the possible plot would be. And like John Boyega's like, it's got to start right from where it ended. Uh, obviously that ain't going to happen now unless it's like they do a flashback and then it's flash forward um, but yeah it's really funny seeing them all talk about like a possible sequel and their ideas they're giving out were actually really cool some of the ideas 
Uh, but it was so weird seeing them all so young. And, like, obviously, John Boyega's so young in it. It's just crazy to think. I mean, that was 10 years ago, and his career's just skyrocketed. Um, but, yeah, I'm all up for that shit, man. Definitely. Right. Love the originality of the first one. So, fucking mm. on. Okay, bud, uh, over to you. Well, you know, I love the first one, mate, and I cannot wait for the second one. And it's the day before my birthday that it drops. Black Summer 2 is coming onto Netflix. Ooh, where did we leave it? They were in the stadium, weren't they? Yeah, and I think it, I think it continues literally maybe, I think, two weeks after the stadium. Um, but it's got a little bit like um, Walking Dead vibes when I read about it. It's like we're coming into winter, so there's new kind of hurdles they have to come up against. So we shall see what happens. But I, literally the whole season is going to drop on June the 17th on Netflix. The originality of this one was the camera work, the fucking astonishing um, cinematography of it all. So hopefully they will continue with that. And also how the story's all linked. It's so mm. clever. So so written so well. I loved it. But I can't yeah. wait. I think I don't think they're going to ruin it. Let's hope. But And they've taken their time. So fingers crossed, mate. It's going to be a good one. So it's all going to drop. No doubt you'll you'll watch it all in one day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Uh, Tony Todd and Tobin Bell face an alien invasion in sci-fi horror movie The Bunker. All right. Two horror franchise icons we're going to see in this movie. I don't know how the fuck they got it. Um, it's uh, The Bunker is set during a mysterious alien invasion. A government scientist is sealed in an underground bunker and must create a bioweapon to stop the mysterious travellers before they take over the Earth. I mean, <laughs> you know, fuck it, why not? <laughs> Another sci-fi horror, but it was worth a mention because Tony Todd and Tobin Bell are in it. So, yeah, two titans. Very interesting, very interesting. Yeah. They're going to be, like, running away with the, and their hip gives way or something and, like, oh, my God, is it going to be, like... The grumpy old men. We see. I'd <laughs> be, be funny if it was like a like a sci-fi comedy horror where they're like just grumpy men fighting aliens and stuff. That'd be cool. Eh? I imagine they're going to get. But let's something. be honest. Tobin Bowers is not exactly the happiest of guys. <laughs> Best of times. <laughs> All right, bud. Over to you. So a couple of new releases are coming out, which I'm well excited about. I don't think you've seen this movie and don't don't watch it yet because it might be a future movie from the vault. But 101 Films are bringing out a special edition of Hal Knight. Ooh, is that on our list? Hal Knight. It's it's awesome. Um, I watched it when I was a kid. I haven't watched it for a long, long time. So I'm I'm really glad that they're bringing it out because they take a lot of care in their, their stuff and they're getting some good titles, 101 Films. So I'm definitely going to be purchasing that, purchasing that. And there's also um, another film coming out uh, from Eureka Films um, called The Prophecy, and that's limited to 2,000 copies. And again, I haven't seen this movie, uh, but that's a 70s horror movie, apparently. Um, but they both, the cover art looks fucking amazing, both movies. Uh, but yeah, that's some exciting releases. Yeah, well, I'll add to that some releases coming. We've got Shudder at the moment, and they're smashing loads of movies out at the moment. But the main one I want to talk about is the fact they've just dropped um, Psycho Gorman um, into their mix. That came out today. And I'm sorry, but that looks absolutely weird and fantastical. I can't wait to just sit down and see what batshit it is all about, to be honest. Um, I hope, I mean, from the merch that I've seen, 
it's very colourful. Um, and on Netflix, there's a fucking abundance of new horror movies that have popped on. Ma has dropped. Um, I think we said this last time. I'm not sure if we said this last. Brightburn's on there now. And <laughs> I rewatched it the other day. Fucking love it. Um, anyway, um, and the a woman, the woman in the window with Amy Adams has been getting a lot of heat. So it was like a thriller. We'll see what that is. Maybe like another girl on the train. Maybe I don't know. And then on Amazon, um, we've got the Underground Rail, um, which looks quite interesting. And this is a new TV series. I just noted, I just found the movie Chud on there. They just seem to be dropping like loads of weird old eight. I mean, it's like because I watched Terror Train, I'm just getting loads of recommendations. And like Chud came up and I was like, oh, my God, I need to watch that movie. Because it's one that I just escaped me when I was a kid. And I've always saw the fucking VHS. I need to see this shit. So future rewatch. But on to some news news. Terrifier 2 news. It's uh, got an October release date at the moment. Halloween. Halloween. Well, around that time. Drop but more importantly, it's got a fucking awesome artwork for its uh, its DVD. So if you were one of the Indiegogo... You buys bloody DVD now. Well, whatever it is, the fucking <laughs> stuff is probably a Blu-ray, but, you know, I'm old school. But it's just... It's, it's got. He loves his fucking VHS artwork. So it it looks incredible, and I saw and it's the trailer as well that's dropped. And the trailer, yeah, there's a trailer. I totally missed that. You need to check that shit out, mate. It looks fucking. I don't know if I want to, mate. Yeah. I don't know if I want to. I might just go in completely blind. <laughs> ah, that's you, but I, I love a trailer. <laughs> so there you go. A little bit of news. Go on. What you got? Um, this is quite interesting. You you might be interested in this actually. So, um, there's a Turbo Kid game coming out soon yeah we talked about this on a couple of yeah, episodes ago yeah still not out yet though but yeah. if you want to fill that little void of turbo kidness there is a comic coming out Ooh. and it's a um prequel story and it's called apple's lost adventures and it comes out in september um i don't know how many issues it's going to be but i will post the social media on, on our social media the artwork because yeah. it looks fucking amazing that's the robot uh, isn't it but it looks really, really cool. Um, I think you'll really like it. And, and the artwork looks insane. There's like three covers. I bet um, the covers, no, yeah. So that that should be really, really good. So I can't wait for that. Um, probably worth mentioning Resident Evil Infinite Darkness um, that is going to be coming onto Netflix. So that's their um, Resident Evil TV series, that anime sort of TV series. Hmm. It's going to replace, almost replacing the fact that they're not doing another movie or game or something like that. But it follows the stories of the characters, Leon, um, Kennedy, if you remember, Claire Redfield. Um, and it's happening after around two years after the events of Resident Evil 4 game, which was first released in 2005. So, I mean, I might check it out. I like a bit of anime. I want a bit of blood gore. I've got into that sort of... And the animation looks fucking sick. The trailer looks incredible. So, I think I'll probably check it out when it drops on Netflix. Why not, eh? Why not give that a go? Excellent. My last bit of news is, don't know if you've seen online, but again, you'll be probably interested in this as, as being a big fan. NECA are bringing out the American Werewolf in London range uh, for the 40th anniversary. Uh, they've already released pictures of the Nightmare Demon, which is obviously the, the guy in the German outfit in the, in the dream sequence. But that, now they're 
releasing the Kessler Wolf as well, and he's got two different heads, and he looks fucking amazing. He can, he literally looks really, really, really good. So that's coming out, I think, kind of in October time. Okay. That's really, really cool. I'm glad that's coming out because NECA are really doing some good work on the horror stuff now, which is cool. And I believe you've got an important bit of message of something that's happening, a big event. Well, it is. It's, it's not got... Spill like, your beans. It's, it's got a lot of press at the moment, if you, if you look for it. And I'm waiting for it to really hit on Facebook and Instagram and maybe fucking promote it. Netflix don't like promoting stuff. We know this. But we will inform you of this absolutely... They, this weird, another weird little treasure we have, we have, that they're going to do. Um, they're releasing a trilogy of movies in uh, July. Um, but back to back to back. So they're doing it week by week. Um, in the dates are starting on July 2nd, July 9th. And then the last one is July 16th. So what is this lovely thing? It's called Fear Street. Okay. That's what we know so far. Um, and it's, it looks really interesting. Um, how do I describe this? It's it's a sort of like a three hundred. They they're saying it's a three hundred year in the making sort of horror project, if you like. Or um, so it's set from like the first part is set in nineteen ninety four. The second part is set in the sixties, I think, and then the last set is in sixteen sixty six. The second part is nineteen seventy eight. Nineteen seventy eight. So apologies, but. It looks fucking really, really interesting. The trailer looks like really good. It's starring, um, oh, what's the name? Matthew Modine's door, isn't it? Is that, is that uh, right? No, uh, it's, uh, Ethan Hawke's daughter. Oh, that's who, it, yes. Who plays, yeah. who play, and, uh, who plays Robin in, um, Stranger, in Stranger Things. Things. We yes. fucking loved her. We absolutely loved her. Fucking Sailor Hoy. Woohoo! Really good. But it also is starring the likes of like Julian Jacobs, who most recently voiced um, uh, Daddy uh, Adam Eve in Invincible and from Community. Oh, community. Um, so I don't know. This this just got the, something about this is drawing me in. It's a, it's a horror trilogy that they're dropping in three weeks. So we don't have to wait like years and years. We're going to get to see three movies that link each other. But I was, I was, I'll be honest, I was a little bit worried when it's, because it's like done by R.L. Stein. Which That's is what it's based on, the book, yeah. The, the, goose, the, the Goosebumps stuff, which I'm not, you know, it's, it's good stuff. I was just worried at the start that it was going to be a bit teeny boppy. Then I watched the trailer and it changed my mind because it looks awesome. Like... The bits from it doesn't give you much, but the the clip from the nineties just it's spot on, give me scream vibes, and then it just I think it's just going to be a plethora of like really cool homages to horror, done a bit like you know like American Horror Story style, but yeah. they don't put things in. But I'm interested in the sixteen sixty six one, man. That is like it feels like there's consequences. So what's happened in? But they're working, you know, front to back. Ish. Yeah. So whatever happens in the third one is the consequences of what's happened in the first one. Possibly. Which is quite interesting. 
So and there's witches involved and all the sorts of stuff. So I don't know. I'm fucking. I want to get. I'm ready to get freaked out by this. Yeah, it looks really cool. We will definitely be discussing it in future episodes. <laughs> yeah, so that's the big news. What's happening now? That's about an hour of news. That is a lot of news. Um, I think it's about time we get into some fucking talking about some movies, isn't it? This package just came in. Our movie that we're reviewing this week is from the Book of Saw Spiral. Um, We were so happy about going back to the cinema, finally. We thought we'd treat ourselves, didn't we, Paul? So uh, we thought, fuck it, let's just book 4DX tickets. So for anybody out there that doesn't know what 4DX is... It's literally like a, a, a massive like chair that you sit in and it literally assaults your senses. It's got smells that comes through when you like like a bike's going past. You can smell the rubber. Um, there's like things shooting out of like air at you and stuff and the seats move and there's things that prod you. And it's pretty crazy. And it's, it's quite a battle of the senses. Um, so we just thought, fuck it, let's just do it. And being like a horror movie we've never experienced that sort of movie in a 4DX, which we both thought was a bit weird, didn't we? So we thought, nah, fuck it, let's just treat ourselves. So we went to the 4DX showing of this, which was cool. So just a bit of a kind of thing on the movie. A criminal mastermind unleashes a twisted form of justice in spiral. A terrifying new chapter from the Book of Saw. So, obviously... A lot of people out there and uh, obviously know the Saw movies, so there's a lot being done in these movies. How many movies are there, Paul? We've had eight so far, so the Four, last one yeah. being in 2017. Which was Jigsaw? Which is called Jigsaw, yeah. but they, you know, they started in 2004. Mm. Was the first one uh, Lee Wanell? Was that right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So we've so, had a fucking long, long time, a lot of Saw. Mm. So it, it was, this was like interesting. I, I, to be honest, I went in with low expectations because, you know, a lot's been done. There's been a lot of people criticising, should they make more? And obviously this is a whole brand new story, if you will, um, starring Chris Rock, Samuel Jackson, uh, to name a few. But, but watching this movie, produced by... Chris Rock, Lee well, Wanell, and James Wan. This is the thing. It's it's, it's a it, when I read that news, I was just like, it's, I couldn't think. But it was a real, real weird. I, I just thought, is, is you know, is Chris Rock going to do this? Is he going to be good in this? Because like, obviously, like you said, he's produced and starring in. I just thought it was a bit weird. I thought that's really strange. But and then like, yeah, and then it it start the film starts, and I was just like. Straight from the bat, I thought, mm, is this going to be have a real big comedy element? Because there's quite a lot of one-liners coming from Chris Rock, and all I could think about was um, the the zebra or zebra from Madagascar. <laughs> That's all I, I know. I felt that he matured a little bit from that, um, and he, he, you're right. I mean, I, 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 I at the start. Don't get me wrong. At the start, 
It was just like he was doing a stand-up. Yeah. Jokes. And I'm like, oh, is this going to take a real weird jokey? But it doesn't. It kind of stops. Kind of like, I'd say, 15 minutes in. 20 minutes in. You still get the odd Chris Rock one-liner throughout, which is fucking not a bad thing. I've missed him. I felt that's the thing I I I realized from this movie is I miss Chris Rock and I he is quality I do like him yeah I, I and to have him and Samuel L Jackson in a movie together don't think that's ever happened before but Samuel L Jackson being the angry guy again <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know man this was kind of for me this was quite fresh I don't know it felt like okay. So we've had a few years in between, but not that many, I suppose. Two thousand. Are you are you a fan yourself of the Saw? I love the franchise. I think they it got slowly poorer and poorer. We went to see Jigsaw, and I was like, Meh. and I didn't maybe perhaps I thought maybe it had died a horrible death. But yeah, the interlinking and the stories. I mean, we know our werewolf Dan fucking loves it. He fucking loves mm. all the. Um, if he, he he's read all the the comics and all that sort of stuff, so he understands you know what's happening at what time and stuff like that. It's, it's it's quite interesting and complex if you sort of start reading um, what they're all, you know how they all link and stuff like that and what times they're all set. So it's quite an in depth story and that's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. This one, however, it's not part of that um, you know the the Tobin Bell um, sort of piece he's gone he's definitely gone but he's this is a copy gone. this is a copycat so this is fresh eyes you know this is fresh traps and um fresh ideas and uh, and it feels it felt like okay you've you've abused sort of what happened in sword could you have done could you have made it out of the saw franchise it's not a bad it's not a bad idea i just didn't think it was a bad idea i think it worked i i think it worked i think yeah, I, I definitely think it went in there, like, going, like, this is, like, let's get it straight. This is a Saw movie within that kind of franchise in that world, but it's not to do with that. And I think it did a good job of standing on its own two feet by going, we're not fucking around. We know this is a different story, but this is what we're going to, this is how we're going to do it. And this is how it's going to go. Um you know, yeah, and the, and I like and the thing is about the saw movie, the saw movies is the traps and you know are yeah. they are they a stale and it's kind of like okay the reason they kind of um, they didn't fuck about with like the legacy of it you know they under you know you quite quickly understood the reasons why they were doing this trap even though before you kind of had to like maybe search a little bit they kind of did spoon feed you those reasons for for the traps but the traps are fucking great and the blood the gore oh my god. Mm-hmm. lots of that I'm not a huge fan of like I, I hate to use this terminology but like torture porn kind of movies that much birth- I'm not a huge fan of the, the Saw movies I watched the first one it was alright um, it was really good sorry second one was quite good and then I just lost interest because I just think it like on the third one it just lost its way a bit so I'm not a huge fan, so I'm probably the wrong person to be you know, giving my opinion because I'm not really into these movies. But saying that, you know, it was it was it was an experience I enjoyed, and especially in the 4DX because it, it gave it that extra kind of kind of um, experience, if you will. Uh, and it's fucking loud. 
um, loud and the vibrations. I think it worked in 4DX. I, I liked some of the when the traps were going on. I mean, we'll get more depth in, in that in a minute. Um, but yeah, I don't know why you're such a pussy. I didn't realise that with like the torture porn sort of side of things. You're not a Hostel fan then? I love Hostel. That's sort of on the same lines though, isn't it? Yeah, on the same lines. I don't know what you mean, but did they do it? It's just, it's just, it's it's, for me, it was just like, ah, another trap, another trap. And it just came into a franchise where it was just playing on that. Here's another trap, here's another trap, here's another trap. And it's just like, I get it, and they want to try and beat the last one and make it more interesting. It just, I feel like, for me personally, it just lost its way a little bit. And, and, it, and, and it doesn't, and it, you know, it doesn't shy away from what that, that's what it's trying to do. And I applaud that. It's just like there's people that love it time and time again that will go to every single one, watch it in, in the movies and see it's about one-upmanship. Like, can we do something worse than the other one better than the other one um but i kind of like the first two because they're more they're just a bit more grimy and dingy and a bit more like i don't know less is more yeah kind of yeah yeah like that second i think it's the second one the needle pit is just like that was just oh my god you know um but to say the least you know the the they to reinvent different traps every time you know, they did a great job in this one to yet again reinvent traps. I don't know if you can remember how how many or if these these ones were similar to other ones. I don't. Um, know. They had the, they, you know, a lot of the ones over the face on in this one, which they've done before, but they haven't like the tongue thing. But the decimation, it didn't feel like that that they could get out. Mm. You know, whereas the other ones, they felt like they, if they really tried. <laughs> I mean, the fucking one with the fingers. <sighs> was uh, an interesting one but again I didn't feel like he, he had a chance to get out <laughs> no yeah I was like I couldn't figure out how he could have got out I was no. like mm, okay the hot whack oh. was pretty fucking brutal uh, and again <laughs> please get pour hot wa- hot wax on my face or sever your spinal column I'm not really sure that is a uh, <laughs> that's a fucked up thing but for me the one that was so not dramatic i suppose and it was with the 4dx was the fucking glass shards yeah that was weird that was nuts i mean i mean especially the fact that chris rock walked out with so many on his fucking face it was unbelievable but yeah um that's one to look out for oh my god um yeah that was was all hitting our back wasn't it it was like yeah it's like the and the seats were like prodded like literally felt like you were getting I wouldn't say hit with glass, but you were definitely getting like somebody poking you with a stick in the back like <laughs> several times, which was weird. Yeah, very strange. It was, um, but it, you know, it, it from a, if you look at it from like an independent perspective, and like a story was there throughout, and it was quite interesting. It was good interlinking storylines, but again, predictable. Pre- I didn't. Yeah, what to who the to who the was doing it? Yeah. I didn't know actually in, until mm, the church. Yeah. Okay, so that is when before the skinning. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, it's him. Because at yeah. first I thought, could it be his dad? Mm. And I was like, and they were kind of, but I was like, that's too obvious. It's too obvious. 
And I was like, who the fuck is it then? It's him. No, it's him. And I was like, oh, it's that twat. All right, fair enough. <laughs> and, I, and then I could see, and then I could start piecing together the reasons for it and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, all right, fair enough. And it worked out. It was all right. It was, you know, I mean, there's, there, there's room for another one. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I, 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 I Chris Rock. Pardon? I liked Chris Rock. Yeah, I thought he was good. I thought he was good. And it, it, it was interesting to have him like play a kind of a cop that everybody didn't like and not because he was dick it's because he was doing the right thing and ultimately the the film is about again like most of the saw movies are is that are you making the right choices and are you a good person in reality or or are you doing stuff to to harm a lot of people or you know be a bit of a prick really um, but yeah, I, I thought he was, I thought he was really good in the movie, um, and I think that was one of the main things. And I, I'd love to see him in more kind of horror stuff would be cool, like something really like more a bit more gritty. Um, there were some dodgy, dodgy tashes in this. <laughs> I wish they hadn't given him a tash in the, in the flashbacks. It was just awful. It was like it looked like literally just stuck a fake goatee on or something and the cops were fucking terrible <laughs> at their job they were all terrible terrible cops and they were like, the, it felt like maybe it was like it should have been set in like the 90s or something like a 90s cop they they were too bent they were too bent in this one I they, were all, they were all dirty cops they were all dirty and it was just, for fuck's sake i don't know but <sighs> i did i did enjoy going to the cinema and it was a laugh. Watching a proper, a real budget horror movie again. Yeah, that right. So fucking long, and it was it was it was good. It was awesome, to, to be honest. And I think the special effects were fantastic, and they spent their money really yeah. well. And I had a good time. It was it was lots and lots of fun. Yeah, lots of fun. It was it was lots and lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> there were times where we were just pissing ourselves yeah. and there was, there was certain times that I literally jump scared I shit myself you did because it was so loud <laughs> and it's like when you when it's loud and you get a jet of air pumped into your face um, it, it's pretty fucking like scary and and the fact it's quite funny when you walk in they walked into the like different places with the smells like the sewer and stuff i don't really get the smells thing the it wasn't much it's only very faint like when they walked into the freezer the temperature dropped a little bit and and you could smell not fake like it wasn't really meat smells it's just a weird musty smell um but yeah it's, it's it's good fun it was good fun i enjoyed i enjoyed the experience like i said to matt last night i was thinking why can't they just go in and do like a a gentle you know, uh, romantic, not like Titanic, definitely not Titanic, but like a romantic comedy, and there just sways just the, the the movie. If I, because I'd go to sleep, I'd be quite happy with that. If the if the seats swayed the whole way through, then I I would happily just go to sleep. I don't really I'd, get your money's worth, though, would you? <laughs> I don't pay. <laughs> oh yeah, you do. although you haven't paid yet. Thank you very much. <laughs> Coming your way. So yeah, not a bad little starting. I I I mean. The last movie I saw, unlike you, which was you saw Saint Maud, was a lucky bastard. Um, I saw Bill and Ted. That was the last movie I watched. <laughs> so this was great. 
like six, seven, eight months on, I'm like, fucking yeah, I'm happy with that start. Good. Well done. Spiral. Happy with that. Roll on, roll on the next one. I'm I'm saying, and there's a few, there's quite a few at the cinema at the moment. Unholy looks quite interesting. That's with uh, James Dean Morgan in it. Um, And Dean Morgan. Yeah, and Cundrin is out next week. Yeah, I can't wait Uh, for that. I I, I just don't want to get my hopes up too much. (laughs) Quietly reserved. We're going to have lots and lots of lots of movies out. So, are we going to give Spiral some breaths out of 10? You can go first. Well, I've got lots of breaths on me, so... Um, <laughs> it's many breaths. I think, for me, it was, for me, it's a, it's a seven. It's an easy seven. Um, you know, not groundbreaking, but I just fucking really enjoyed myself. And so that's why I get... And the special effects were fantastic. I like seeing Chris Rock on screen. Samuel L. Jackson, L. Jackson perhaps didn't need to really be there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so for me, it's a seven, definitely. Yeah, they should have took Sam's paycheck and put it into something else. Um, no, I, I really liked it. I'd probably give it myself, I'd probably give it six personally. Uh, but then I'm not a huge fan of the movies. But talking about it, I'm actually I'm probably a fan of, of a couple of the movies. So maybe I am. I don't know. But yeah, we'll go with seven breaths out of ten. All right. Good fun. Cool. Good fun. And next next episode, we can confess to you that we know exactly what we're going to be reviewing we're going to be reviewing conjuring the devil made me do it yeah <laughs> finally yeah okay so now we're uh now for that after our, that lovely little talk we will now move on to our something to scream about what do you want from me why don't you run from me Okay, so this uh, this episode, some to scream about. We're going to be discussing the documentary *In Search of Darkness* two, part two. I'm going to go through the years 1982 and 1983 to see what movies that they gave us and uh, our our little thoughts on whether we're going to watch them, etc. Um, first up is a little movie called *The Beast Within*. What did you think about this one, dude? *The Beast Within*. I've actually seen. Have you? Yeah, it's um, I do believe I watched it on Amazon Prime. Um, I don't know if it's still on there, but I'm sure that's where I watched it. Um, it's an interesting movie. Tell little, me about it. A little bit dodgy in places. I don't want to spoil everything for you. Um, but as you saw from the the trailers that they were showing, I thought he had it on DVD. But it's called The Beast Must Die. Totally <laughs> well, different movie, dude. There's no, there's no, there's no, um. Head blowing up scene beastie, or whatever. The fuck. Beastie rape in that. What? There's beast <laughs> rape. <laughs> That's why I thought you would have seen it by now. No, uh, anyway. I, haven't seen it. I haven't seen this one. <laughs> it's an interesting watch. It's definitely worth watching. Maybe for a future movie from the vault. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, for the uh, that the sort of special effects head scene alone, uh, the overuse of pulsing and stuff like that was bladder bladder effects bladder effects. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely is interesting, especially the 
the crescendo, should we put it? I won't spoil anything, but yeah. This next one, though, I'm not really sure I'm ever going to watch. I don't really oh. like this guy for some reason. I don't <laughs> like... It's um, Evil Speak. Set in like an army... Uh, so no, I don't really like this whole army. So outcast military cadet taps into a way to summon demons and cast spells on his tormentors through his computer. Oh, so this is the one with um, uh, uh, Ron Howard's brother in it, isn't it? Clint Howard, yes. Yeah, Clint Howard. Yeah, <laughs> he looks so he looks so evil in it. I don't like I don't like him in stuff. I don't like his face. Doesn't he? Does he like summons a demon through his computer? Yes. <laughs> Sounds crazy. I know. Like a bit but like Lord a Carrie-esque, Carrie-esque film at the end where he's just killing all his, like, friends. Well, all not friends. Cause they're very pretty... groundbreaking in terms of the technology and the, what you, that sort of thing. I know they did Lawmer Man. You know, if you even talk about what's this weird science and sort of stuff like that, it's sort of like the use of computers and stuff like that was very prominent in the 80s. So fair play to do it. Um, but I don't know. For me, I just don't like him, and I won't watch it. I don't think. Clint Howard. <laughs> I loved how you hate people because of the way they look. I can't help it. I'm judgmental. <laughs> you horrible git. Yeah. Well, the next one we have reviewed for the podcast in the past. So I love this movie, Slumber Party Massacre. One yeah. of my favourites in a long just, time. When they're talking about, it, I was just like, oh, I really want to watch it again. Because like, I didn't know. Because one of the little facts they put that is actually meant to be a spoof movie. Really? Yeah. And well, I couldn't believe that. I was like, oh my God. Well, it is quite kind of funny in places. But, man, I love that movie. I think it's fucking awesome. I, <laughs> I mean, can't wait for a good special edition to come out because I'm buying that. It's got some spoofy moments, but it's so exploitation for me. He's so fucking weird, that Donald Double Denim Killer. <laughs> that's what they should have. That's what, that's, that's what they should have called it. But he's the just, the thing is, it. the funniest thing is just, uh, he is a pussy without a drill. <laughs> as soon as you get a drill off him, he's just a pussy. Well, I don't know, he kept on coming at the end. Mm. Uh, oh. That was a different movie. The, the next one is um, called Alone in the Dark. It's not to be confused with the, the 2005 or whatever it was with um, uh, oh, God. Chris, Christian Slater and uh, what's her face? I think I turned Part that of off halfway through. I've got that on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> of course you have. I love Tara Reid. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All right, yeah. Get back to the, get back to the memo. I've got a whole uh, back catalogue. <laughs> um, so a quartet of murderous psychopaths psychopaths break out of a mental hospital during a power blackout and lay siege to their doctor's house. I really, really, really want to see this. It looks fucking weird, though. I've not. Yeah, but that's why. I've <laughs> never even heard of this movie. And I just love the fact that it's got, like, some amazing, like, Oscar winner actors in it. And the premise of the story just sounds batshit. Just, like, it's literally a, set up to be, a, like, a slasher kind of movie, but it's not. It's like a weird home invasion, like, mental hospital gone wild on a house in the middle of nowhere. And I just think it looks just, the concept is mental. Wow. Martin Landau is in this yeah, movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking so weird. And it looks so weird. That it's, I think we'd love it. <laughs> I know it's like, it's one of those unheard of gems, I think. I know. And it's like, that. it would definitely be on my list to, list to watch. Yeah. Got that. The Calibre alone, it says to me, um, it was almost similar to 
was it Dead and Buried with Robert England and a few mm. others? I thought that would be quite shit, but because it's got so many good actors in there, it'd be worth a watch. Um, next one's called um, Night Beast. Remember this one? Yep, I do. He's an interesting-looking chap. Yeah. A creature from outer space crash lands in a small town and starts killing people. It reminded me a little bit of Rawhead Rex. Yeah, the the puppet did as well. The, the outfit, didn't it, a little bit as well. Yeah, it's just weird, because I, I saw a shot of him, like, in a spacesuit with a gun, like, shooting people, and then the next minute, like, pretty much not got a spacesuit, just literally munching on some dude in a car. Um, yeah, I don't know. It looks, it looks, it looks a bit schlocky, but I think it might be worth a watch. I'm all for it, to be I've honest. I've not seen it. So. I've not seen it either, so I'm all for this one. <laughs> After Rawhead Rex, I think this is going to be like your your typical horror monster movie. Like Rawhead Rex was, it was just fucking, this is just a monster, carnage. like a proper carnage monster. Yeah. yeah, bring that one on. I'd watch that all day. The next, <laughs> the next one, again, I own and I've seen maybe too many times. I think I know which one this is going to be. Because it's just such a good movie. It's... Is it Entity by any chance? It is the Entity. Now, we've talked about this on, on podcast a long time, right at the start of this, and you told me how much it disturbed you and how you didn't want to watch it again. And then you told me to go and watch it, and I still haven't watched it. Barbara Hershey is fucking... Even watching watching these clips, was uh, I don't know if I, I can do it. Well, now you know that it's not her body... No, maybe that doesn't make it any better. Like you even told me that some of the scenes are just a bit too much. They are this, and they go, and there's this the whole, the whole. I think they played it in the in the documentary. The whole music, (coughs) 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 it's like fucking what the fuck? It's like, yeah, the the rape master general himself, the entity. It's it's just wrong. Based on a true story, apparently as well. But Barbara Hershey is just so incredibly good in this movie that it's just like it has to be seen it's such a weird original you can lend me that one eh? (laughs) yeah the dodgy (laughs) it's an old dvd but yeah i will i'll lend it to you just wipe it off before you get to me yeah oh mate i wouldn't do anything sick like that would i (laughs) i'll tell you when i get the disc mate i just i just think it's um I don't know. I just, I think I think it's just fucking weird, but good, and dark and twisted, but good. In okay. it, in, yeah, and it was yeah. That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> the next one we get to see is a Lucio, another Lucio, uh, for Lucy. Fauci. Fauci. City of the Living Dead. One of the one zombie movies, if it's a zombie movie, uh, that I haven't seen. I had these postcards of this um, somewhere, and I always meant to like own the DVD and stuff because it looks so weird. But again, it's a faulty movie. It's going to be fucking nasty. So, I, I have seen this one. Have you? So the reporter. Yeah, I, think and a, I, I think I might have seen it on the old Vipco. Ah, uh, okay. So a reporter and a psychic race to close the gates of hell after the suicide of a clergyman caused them to open, allowing the dead to rise from their grave. So it's a zombie movie. But it's Italian, so it's going to be fucked up. And it's 
really badly dubbed as well. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that one scene, uh, you know, that they were chatting about, which is the um, the regurgitation of her own guts scene, where she's just literally, you think it's going to end, and she just keeps spewing up guts and keeps spewing up her guts. That is a pretty standout scene. Mm. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this movie myself, but a lot of people do love that sort of stuff. So I'm not, not poo-pooing it. It's just not my cup of tea. But there are some really good standout scenes in it. Worth a watch. I mean, you're a massive zombie fan like me, so you you might really dig it. I'll try and get hold of it at some point, I think, to watch it. It is out there. I think you can buy it and stuff. Probably You can probably watch it on YouTube. Probably. Right. This one. Pieces. Hmm. The co-eds of a Boston college campus are targeted by a mysterious killer who is creating a human jigsaw puzzy, puzzy, a human jigsaw puzzle from the parts. I'm talking about a fucked up weird science. <laughs> yeah. If a weird science, he's making a a body out of parts of women that he likes. Yeah. Really strange. I've, I've had people say that this film is brilliant. Many of people have said to me that it's really, really good. It looks quite um, dark. A lot of tension in there. You know, a lot of weird. I'm in a towel scenes and stuff like that, unnecessarily that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I probably I think this would be I think this would be one to watch and talk about at some point. It looks fucking weird, and I guess <laughs> sometimes weird is good. I think when, it, when the special edition came out I think a couple of years ago, you actually got a puzzle in it as well. Well, the next one we both know, we both know about, don't we? The Beyond. Is that the Beyond? Yeah, we covered that on a previous episode. We did, Matthew. Um, you loved the spiders. The spiders yeah. are fucked up. Um, I mean, this is another Fulci, so he's busy this year. Um, again. It's not your thing, I know, and it's a fucking weird movie. Again, it's all about the eyes. There's a lot of eyes in it, you know, blind people, that sort of stuff, symbolism. It's just fucking weird. And again, the way they kill people is weird. I kind of like this. You know, it's just dark. <laughs> well, but what did you... <laughs> what are your memories? What are your fond memories of the beyond? Yeah, I mean... It... You know, again, I'm not the biggest fan of the Italian horror stuff. And I'll probably get shot down for that. But I just like, that's just me. I just like, I, I get it. And they, they've taken the horror genre and, and reinvented it. And it's great. And I, I'm not preparing it again. Um, it's just not my sort of thing. Well, this next one, I think, is more up our street. And again, it stars Martin Landau. So, he was, you know, he loved his fucking horror, didn't he? A mutated creature is wrecking, is wrecking havoc in a small town in Idaho. A police chief and a government scientist team up to save the rural town from its menace. Directed by Jackie Kong. I mean, this was fucking... Do you remember it? The being? Sort of like a ode to the sort of 1950s sort of sci-fi horror. I kind of like the look of this bad boy. I think it's going to be absolute cheese on toast. I want to watch it. That's the puppetry sure. looks stupid and weird and blobby, yeah. but I kind of, I don't know. I kind of like the look of it. No, I, th- I think it's one, I've, again, not, I've not heard of it, and I'd, I'd be down with this one, big time. I imagine. It looks like uh, our sort of thing. 
And this, I imagine Mr. Kaufman, Tentacles. Kaufman's watched it a few times. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, that's one to keep an eye out for. And the last one from 1983 is one called The Keep. Do you remember this one? Yeah, it looks wow, wow weird. And the fact um, that they were talking about it being like originally three and a half hours long, but they had to cut it down to an hour and a half. <laughs> and then like, like, loads like, of things don't make sense. Smells like spookies all over again. Yeah. Nazis are forced to turn to a Jewish historian for help in battling the ancient demon they have inadvertently freed from its prison. It look it's a big fucking demon thing that's killing people killing Nazis. I mean I don't see what the problem with this I think it's a great movie. It sounds great. Mm, yeah. Kill, kill all the Nazis. I definitely want to watch it. It just looks really weird. Yeah, and I think it's probably on the list because of its the controversy and because of the editing issues and stuff like that. I think that's quite funny. So, yeah, maybe one to keep an eye out. All right, that's our little run through. Mm. Search Darks 2. Some, I can't wait. I'm quite looking forward to 1984 to 1985. We're getting into more of the era. That usually, that usually picks up on some of the ones that we've actually seen. <laughs> I don't know, mate. What the f- yeah, this shit, man, it's, it's annoying me because I'm just adding more and more and more stuff to my list. And I'm like, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. I want to see that. I want to see that. Which is good. I mean, it gives us a lot, plenty of content for future. I'm loving it. It's How great you- seeing got a copy of the Bougians yet the Bougans <laughs> the Bougans I haven't searched for it yet <laughs> forgot about that one definitely going to find that you really do need to find the Bougans I yeah, want to be Arrow I'm going to make it my lifetime achievement to get Arrow to produce a special edition of it I forgot to mention sorry the Keep stars Ian McKellen I know and they failed to really even touch on that in the documentary which I thought was weird yeah, I thought that was uh, weird. Very young Ian McKellen getting chucked around, mm. <laughs> which looks funny. That beautiful note, let's move on to our movie from the vault. Woo-hoo. All aboard the Terror Train. Terror Train. Oh my god! Stay with your date! I don't want to get back on that track. Nobody's done! You'll die. This temperature, you'll die. You'll die. For the students aboard, it's going to be the one party to end them all. They're always walking out of my parties, but this time, you can't. Magic. 
big college party. It's a joke. Goddamn practical joke. The scream in the night isn't the train. It's the terror at your throat. The terror train. I don't want to get back. So this episode's move from the vault. We are bringing you Terror Train, starring the lovely Jamie Lee Curtis. We talked about it on last episode's uh, something to scream about. It was uh, something that we both felt that we needed to see because we haven't, you know, haven't really watched enough. We need to watch all the Jamie Lee Curtis, all of them. This movie set is set three years after a prank which went terribly awry. The six college students responsible are targeted by a masked killer. At a New Year's Eve party aboard a moving train. Right. First thing first. Terrible prank. Yeah. Was it? I know. Was 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 that enough to... Uh, I mean, they're all mad students, aren't they, at the start? So they're probably yeah. all seen dead bodies anyway. Um, so we're dealing with Kenny who is a bit, is, a, is, is pa- probably a virgin, by the, sound, by the looks of things. Yes. Yeah. Now, <laughs> so they set up this prank, okay? So they're all in on it. Jamie Lee Curtis is in on it. And they tell him, you know, you've got to get laid, and then for some reason, you like, it's a fraternity, and then you lose your hat, and then you don't have to wear the stupid little hat in the fraternity anymore because you've got laid and stuff. So they tell him, oh, yeah, go up to the room and you're going to get laid and stuff. And he's like, yeah. Now, it goes a bit weird, obviously. Jamie Lee Curtis is hiding behind a bed, supposedly doesn't know there's a dead corpse in the bed without with a massive slash in its chest and no arms. <laughs> now, if it was me and I was doing this film, I probably would have let him fuck the corpse. And that would have turned him more crazy. Uh, yeah, I was just <laughs> halfway through it. it. They're like, surprise! And on top feel. of a dead corpse. I didn't feel the reaction, <laughs> even though it was, I know it's a dead corpse. I just didn't. That, by the way, just, I didn't feel <laughs> you're a sick bastard. I didn't feel that reaction to it was like warranted. And then like the <laughs> the revenge motive and stuff like that. Three years after to wait and what he did drastically. I don't know. It was just kind of like, huh? Yeah, so, right. so when he sees the body, the funniest thing ever, and I just thought, this is funny. I was like, <laughs> he, he does this weird, all I could, all I could describe it as, and I've wrote in my notes, a curtain tornado. Mm. So he's literally wrapped himself up in these silk curtains, and he's just going round and round and round, and I was just like, oh, I know what's going to happen. I bet he gets set on fire in the curtains. Again, another great idea, which would be like, yeah, you can make him disfigured and make him even more angry. Nope. He just basically keeps going in these curtains and keeps going, screaming really weird. Cut. I thought he was <laughs> going to hang himself in the curtain and they were all going to witness him dying in front of them. That's why I thought that made sense to me. And a better, <laughs> better storyline, yes. <laughs> why aren't we writing this shit? Already <laughs> we've got a better start. But- well, he didn't die. He's still alive. He's just a bit embarrassed. And now he's what he's going to do is he's going to kill them all. All right. Spit. Three years later. 
three years later. Um, all right, and the the hence, new year. Pa- what? Hence, we get to a train station, and it's New Year's. New Year. It's a New Year part. New Year's party on a fucking moving train, which I'm all for. I like. I like this idea. The concept was fantastic. You know. <laughs> um okay murder on the orient express and all that sort of jazz but like load of teenage loads of people i suppose they're teenagers maybe a bit older on a train what could possibly go wrong you know they've got a they've got a magician apparently which we find out probably wasn't actually hired not only a magician it's david fucking copperfield (laughs) you can't like glide over that one that's the, the magician is david copperfield yeah. no wonder the magic was so fucking good i didn't even fucking click on that i didn't even look <laughs> did you think oh this magician is quite good he was fucking great i mean he was you know i thought he was moving a bit like weird and like freak as fuck yeah and it's like that's david copperfield in a horror movie that yeah, okay that's what surprised me it's i'm just like gone up it's gone what? up a point <laughs> yeah it's gained a point because of that that is incredible he was so sleazy i've never even seen david copperfield i've just heard of him i never knew what he looked like <laughs> that's hilarious i didn't even think about that i've just heard about this magician all my life and yet that was him in terror train that's hilarious not only is it new year's not only is it a pie on the train they're all dressed up as weird ass like characters some of them are, yeah, I get that, that's a pirate, and that, that's a that's a, a, a lizard man, and that's a monk. But there's some fucking outfits that are very questionable. I'm like, there's one girl with big trousers pulled up to her tits with a hand in it. I'm like, what's she supposed to be? I don't know. But anyway. Humpty Dumpty with a zombie hand, I don't know. But there's like <laughs> stupid little gags going on, and like Groucho Marx yeah. gets, fucking self, gets himself killed to start with. Um, with this a sword quite, which i quite enjoyed because it was like he they were thinking oh pranks 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 he's doing a prank and they're like fuck it let's all get on the train because we're gonna fucking party and get fucked up and he's just literally left with a sword for him and and i love the fact that not <laughs> only did he get a fucking sword for him the train runs over him as well oh, yeah but you don't get to see it that annoyed me a little bit yeah, i was like yeah. you just put him on the tracks and i'm like he's definitely gonna get run over see him I... go over his like leg and then yeah teasing you yeah but fair enough but again this film was more around i think the tension and the slow burn it was more around like let's build some proper oh yeah fucking eerie tension gets, stuff it gets like. a little bit boring for about a little you know there's a lot of talky talky pointless like when they go to the there's a lot of shit in the kind of like train riders room like the the, the shovel guy which is called shovels which is fucking hilarious and uh the train driver will, will chat about how fucking trains are going to be the next big thing <laughs> in like and they're going to be on time magazine i'm like what what is this what is this shit for i'm gonna need this in there at a, they're building at a these characters up <laughs> like why for no reason for no reason there's no yeah. payoff to knowing that they were going to be on time magazine with a train fuck, fuck <laughs> no reason obviously the director is a bit of a train buff but you know that was a bit, fucking, <laughs> a bit weird but yeah and some of the deaths are a bit weak and stuff like that but i like some of the aftermaths like the find it was more around the the sort of old school like okay you don't see 
necessarily the deaths, but you find you find them, and they're like, like, yeah. I mean, like one of the deaths I quite liked was you know the guy in the lizard suit that gets his face smashed in the mirror. Yeah. Um, one thing I did like was the use of costumes and stuff because I I did like that idea what they went with and it was kind of different with the fact that that guy clearly gets killed and then obviously the killer gets in his outfit again and falls and pretends he's drunk uh, and he's not actually dead. I did like that kind of storyline to it. I thought that was really clever. Yeah, and he could have finally got his end away as well. But, um, you know, instead he killed her. Well, there yeah. you go. Mistake. <laughs> Slip by the throat. Yeah, she's quite hot as well. <laughs> but yeah, throughout, good old slasher vibe, um, good tension music and all that sort of stuff. The the, ma- the, mag- <laughs> the magician, as we've just discussed, <laughs> and David Copperfield did fantastically. I thought he was ridiculously good. I was going to comment on that. <laughs> and then I, I I need to address something. Like, so. One of the main characters, which is Doc, the guy dressed up in the monk outfit, yeah, like the leader of the kind of group, yeah. Do you think he's a little gay? I thought they were all, like, hiding something for each other. Because, <laughs> no, it's, it's one fact, is, is this, uh, he kept talking to Mo, the other guy that's clearly going out with Jamie Lee Curtis. Because let's get it straight, no fucker gives a shit who they're fucking or who they're kissing because they're all kissing each other's girlfriends and shagging each other's girlfriends anyway um but the doc guy is like did you not get it? he's like oh you know he's like if, if things don't work out with her you've always got me and then literally he's trying to get him like in trouble by putting him with another girl and telling his girlfriend to go and find them so he's like trying to break him up on purpose and i'm like is he gay is he trying to fuck mo and then the weirdest thing is when old David Copperfield's doing his shit. What what happens to that guy? What happens How did to that he die? He had a bit of blood on his neck. He literally he... fell asleep, and the next minute he's like dead. I don't really get that. Was he poisoned? I was hopefully you was going to have that. I was no, going to. They they take him around back and they open his shirt and he's got all stabs in his chest. It's like when did that happen? <laughs> it's like the worst. Like I was like, what? Wow, that's the mist that brings the mystery. Ooh, and that we, you know, we get to kind of find out like why, you know, because David Copperfield was so good a magician. He's he's his assistant is uh, going everywhere. The lovely, lovely assistant, beautiful, isn't she? She is lovely. Um, I do want to address another situation. Okay, <laughs> a situation that involves the train driver and shovels. I think they if you're going to build up characters talking about trains and shit you've got to show their deaths don't just cover up by the conductor dude going and go oh he must have killed them both finding a bloody hat (laughs) and you don't even know what's happened to him come on yeah opportunities there's so many ways you could have got them killed I'm like you just didn't want to bother with that then at some points, it did feel a bit more Agatha Christie than uh, than Slasher, but you know that's fine. I, I did kind of, I did like I said, I did like the slow vibe. I didn't mind the mystery; it was a bit different. Um, hiding a few of the, you know, the killers and stuff like that. I kind of liked it. Um, 
but and I kind of like again we get a proper a proper twist which you know I kind of only saw very late on I was yeah, always I didn't see it coming it was I, always I the it was always David Copperfield for me the David Copperfield was the uh the killer all the way through for me and that's well, there, what was, I had my... there was something fishy wasn't there about him it was just yeah. like it was weird. Either it's just because he was just fucking really, really weird and they were just, like, taking you down that path. Um, it looked like him as well. I thought he looked like Kenny. But, yeah. But I was like, um, surely they would recognise him. It's only three years I know, but since when... that, the, the, the thing happened. And he's, like, not got curly hair. And he's not wearing glasses. And he's become a magician. magician. But the killer is... <laughs> <laughs> the magician's assistant and I thought that was genius which is a woman <laughs> we get a transvestite um, well it wasn't it was, a, it was dressed up as a woman but can I ask you this and I don't know whether it's just because it was such a good um, makeup and whatever now his assistant at the start was it still a transvestite or was it actually a woman assistant? Because I felt like they changed it halfway through. Or, or am I just imagining it up in it? Oh, it I was think we're imagining it. I think when they do the, the sort of um, uh, flashbacks and stuff like that, you can clearly see that it's him. Yeah, in some shots, but there's a shot right at the start when they're talking about the show and stuff like that. I just think we didn't see it, mate. Do you I reckon? Just, yeah. I think maybe it was that good. Yeah. I applaud it for that, man. That's that's yeah. cool. Because I swear to God, I was like, that wasn't. You didn't find that in your Matt's facts. No, 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 not at all. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Let's talk about. We haven't talked about Jamie Lee Curtis in this. No. We need to. We need to address this situation and talk about her. What did you think about her performance in this one? Okay. Obviously, this is hot off the press of obviously Halloween and prom night. Yeah, I mean, it's another another leading lady role um, where she's... Think it's uh, more the same? Or she's a think... final girl. Um, she has that... The fact that they used her for her phenomenal like lungs and her scream because they seem to replicate the scream from Halloween very well. It, almost it was like a straight audio clip of, of her scream. Um, but not underused, but just, you know, she's the final girl. She survives. She, kill, she kills the the killer and and you know she has that pathetic sort of storyline but she also has that she also has that ability to be able to escape and and have ingenuity and and come up with ways of you know putting the hurt on the killer and stuff like that which i found again quite interesting she was all right i mean again it was just like if you it is that sort of movie if you, like even halloween that has those sort of moments i mean halloween is a far better movie than this a far better movie um, but it had those sort of, that sort of tonalness to it, but maybe a bit too prolonged, uh, drawn out. Didn't need some of the storyline like it needed. Maybe more focus on Jamie and stuff like that to make it a better movie, perhaps. Maybe, and I also think it maybe it held back a little bit. Yeah, like, exactly. it could have showed a bit more. But then, like Halloween's not, you know, the knife goes in, and it's a lot more about what you don't see than you mm. than you do see. I don't know. Um, so they, maybe they tried to follow that trope and they, hate to say it, they failed miserably in terms of like getting, 
my back my full backing but i did enjoy it i didn't i didn't quite i kind of like the old school vibe of it it doesn't mm-hmm. you know it had that that sort of like i don't know i want to call it blandness and maybe it didn't it suffered from the music a little bit that halloween does have you know mm-hmm. that beautiful john carpenter score sort of adds to it makes for those moments of nothing you need that sort of backup to really mm-hmm. set that set that tension um yeah I agree with most of what you said, pretty much. Um, the one thing I will say, like in a little bit of a def- defence for it, is that I thought it was quite clever in ways how they shot it on, a, like they wanted to do it on a train, because that must have been quite a big kind of thing. Because in pretty much nearly every scene, it, it looks like they are actually on a train. So and and having it in the, the the use of the train and the, the shots and I thought some of the lighting was quite kind of clever when they're in the, in the disco kind of uh, like the setting so they're in a disco one and then there's a, like a back room and then there's like different rooms I thought that was quite cool the way they kind of handled the sh- shots and stuff like that definitely agree with you it was shot very well and yeah. like the uh, location was fantastic some uh, of the, some of the like acting's a little bit ropey. Um, but that's that's just a that's a given, isn't it? That's a horror trope. That's an eighties horror trope, as far as yeah. I. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what the budget was on this movie. Um, so obviously a lot probably went on Jamie Lee Curtis. She was fantastic in it, as always. But yeah, I I don't know why, but it's, I don't know with these eighties movies, they've just got a certain little charm to them, um, that just draws you in, even though it's not the best movie ever. There's still charm to it, and there's still it kept me entertained and there's some bits I laughed at and thought that's quite funny and I did like the use of the costume changing how he used used the masks each time and even to the end um with clearly like an Alice Sweet Alice the see-through yeah yeah it looked like that was pretty freaky when he took out the only the only thing I'd say you know the classic he comes back at the end great but I just felt the the ending was a tiny bit weak. How he gets off, well, he just gets booted out, and and you know, I think we should do a terror train two, mate. Because let's yeah. say he didn't die, yeah, he just yeah. falls down into river river ravine. He like gets knocked out, gets washed up on the side, gets a metal get, gets taken by Nazis, gets a metal <laughs> arm, <laughs> and then a big like. He gets it, like a, a, an alien comes down and kind of possesses him. Ten, tentacles come everywhere and Wait, I'm all for that. Starts That's chopping true. off heads and eating bodies. Um, yeah, but all in all, I I quite enjoyed it. Um, I, I sound like I'm picking it up, like picking it yeah, a lot. I, mean, I, I, think, I think I think it's fucking hilarious that David Copperfield was in it. I think that's brilliant. Briefly, David Copperfield. I also think it's hilarious that I didn't even know that. But okay, I'm happy. <laughs> um, what about some tucking into some Matt's facts? You know what? I I looked. Got none. <laughs> I've got a few, but literally, they're like it's it's crazy. Um, how little I could get. I mean, I'm sure there's probably stuff out there, but I didn't find a plethora of stuff. But a couple of things I did get. Um, the train. Um, is not actually a real train going. It's all shot in carriages where they had it on this system, um, like a big rig where it would get pushed back and forth, like so it looked like they're on a train. 
which I thought was quite clever. So it's all like shot on a lot where they've got the train in pieces and they made special carriages and cut the ends off so they could actually get a, like a frame of actual all the kids sitting there watching the magic show. Apparently, all David Copperfield's magic show is this actual real magic, so some of it's real shit. Apart from the only one that I didn't understand was when <laughs> he did that sheet, um, and there's clearly people sat behind him, but the sheet's just held up in front of him. <laughs> so surely the people behind can see what's happening. But hey ho. Doesn't matter. Um, so that was quite cool. Now, David Copperfield, this has been his only acting role because apparently he, he was not great and he kept forgetting lines and he didn't like having a lot of dialogue. However, he has been in a lot of TV and films playing himself. But really? that, this probably, yeah, made him kind of not want to do any more movies, which was quite funny. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis <clears throat> filmed this back-to-back with Prom Night and Terror Train back-to-back straight off. So they both filmed in 1979, so she went straight from Halloween over to Prom Night and Terror Train, which was interesting. So back-to-back. Um, yeah, so this was one of her last kind of slasher movies for a long time till she made that kind of comeback. Um, so I don't know if she just had enough and she wanted to kind of prove herself in different different acting roles and stuff like that. Um, but I do believe that's what she went on to do. Now, the next fact is quite an interesting fact. This is the idea of Terror Train, because you touched on it a little bit earlier, which was interesting. So the idea for Terror Train came from a dream that Daniel Grodnick had one weekend night after seeing the films Halloween and Silver Streak Dan woke up and said to his wife, what do you think about putting Halloween on a train? <laughs> his wife answered, that's terrible. So he jotted down, terrible train, on a piece of paper that, on his nightstand. In the morning, he changed the title to Terror Train and wrote up to 22 pages and made a deal on it with Sandy Howard's company at 3pm in the afternoon. Sweet. That's how quick it went hey. out. He fucking, he cashed in on that Halloween package. Yeah, hats off to him, man, you know. Um, And the last fact that I've got is it's a kill count of ten people. Yeah, I thought it was decent. Two of those are off screen. Yeah. Unfortunately. There you go. Love it, love Max Pack. What about rating then, dude? What are you... uh... Rating. I did, like I said, I, I really enjoyed aspects of this film. Again, there's weird parts. It's different. I've not seen a kind of slasher on a train. I know there's a few kind of movies out there. Um, but I'd say I'd probably give it a 6 out of 10 breaths. Yeah, it's, it, was, it was for me, it was bang on average for me until you mentioned David Copperfield. So I'm also going to give it <laughs> one extra point for that and give it a 6. <laughs> I'd definitely watch it again it'd be kind of cool to have you know if you had a party you'd have it on in the background kind of thing oh yeah easy definitely. That'd be cool wouldn't it yeah it's so, it is so like shot very well it's that typical 80s vibe so yeah six, six breaths out of ten for uh, Terror Train mm. well, I guess we need to work out what we're going to watch on next episode which alongside The Conjuring so, Matthew, I'll hand over to you. So, for the next episode, 
I have been talking to one of our regular listeners. Um, his name is Simon Alway. He's a great bloke. And he put a little kind of thought in my head, said, ah, I think I've got a great one for your movie from the vault. Don't know if you'll be interested in it. This isn't, sh- this isn't the chap who bought us Dead Heat, was it? It is, indeed, it is. Okay, now I'm interested. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm going to use my go, if you will, on this, because I think this will be interesting. I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's a film from 1988, and it's called Waxwork. Ooh, no, I haven't. Uh, I know the, uh, the the VHS cover, though. Oh, yeah. The VHS cover is very cool. Ah, but I don't think I remember ever seeing this. This is going to be another more fucking dolls and shit, isn't it? Wow. The clue is in the name. <laughs> Let's not go visiting Madame Two Swords anytime soon after this. Oh, snort laugh. And, and this, this isn't the one with Paris Hilton in the remake. Yes, that's House of Wax. It's the original. Waxwork. No, because this is different. There was a House of Wax. And oh, was it? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. This isn't, uh, waxwork isn't based on anything to do with Paris Hilton and... Uh, waxwork. Waxwork. 1988. All right. I don't know. Cheers, oh, Simon. Thank you for that. Yeah, Simon. Well, you're going to have to buy it for me, mate, because I ain't got... <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to watch it. I'll find it. I'll find a way. I always do. <laughs> I think you can rent it off Amazon for like two quid. Sound. Perfect to me. Smashing, smashing pick. Awesome. Right. So that brings us to the end of episode uh, 78. And uh, with our next episode, we are going to be reviewing The Conjuring. The devil made me do it. There it is. Um, so in our summit screen route, will be In Search of Darkness 1984 and 1985. And Matt, on behalf of Simon, has just pulled out wax work for our move from the vault so i'm looking forward to that 1988 and i guess there's only one more thing to say when there's no more room in hell here's another podcast i am the devil and i am here to do the devil's work you can follow us on twitter at draw one last instagram at draw one last breath or pop us an email at draw one last breath pod at hotmail.com